black, proud, independent, determined, educated, resilient, compassionate, batty, funny, quirky, unique, creative, thoughtful, sincere, loyal, gutsy, vibrant, resourceful, imaginative, engaging, fabulous, awesome. Those are all words that describe me, the Brick City Brown Chick. Welcome to my podcast, What I Know Now. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome back to What I Know Now, the Life Lessons Podcast. I am your host, the Brick City Brown Chick, and this is episode four, which is entitled For My Sisters. Now, those of you who've been with me from the beginning are probably thinking, didn't she say she was an only child? Didn't she say that more than once? Indeed, I did. Indeed, I'm an only child. The For My Sisters title means for all my sisters, black, brown, white, indigenous, everyone. This is a shout out to the ladies. And I want to talk today about finding who you are. I have heard an incredible amount of chat on Facebook, on YouTube, about all sorts of subjects related to this topic. So you've got the Passport Bros topic, you've got the Pick Me Girls topic, You've got the, I'm trying to find my husband before I get to old topic. And then you've got topics dealing with older women. For example, there's a lot of advice about older women, women in their 40s and 50s, advising them against marrying old men, men in their 70s and 80s, because essentially you won't be a wife, you will be a caretaker because he has all kinds of health issues. So I've listened to all this chatter with a lot of, uh, frankly, dismay and general sadness about the state of dating and the state of emotional wellness in both men and women. But today I'm talking to the women. And what I wanna talk about is how I became the woman I've become and what that took and what it's going to take for you, especially if you're in a, a woman in her late teens, early to mid twenties. This also applies to older ladies, but it, it's really focused in on younger women. As a young woman, you are faced with a variety of choices. Do you go to college? Do you go to trade school? Do you go immediately out into the workforce? 
And regardless of which of those things you do, then the immediate next question is, well, are you seeing someone? Well, are you dating someone? Have you found a man? You know, it's harder for women over 25 to find men. You know, if you wait till you're 30, you're going to have to have children immediately because once you're 35, it becomes a high risk pregnancy. All those conversations. And you will hear it from um, a lot of the women in your life. You may hear it from some men too, but you will hear a lot of it from the women in your life, your mothers, your aunties, your cousins, your grandmothers. It's just one of those topics. Now, generationally, America is currently at its highest age for first marriages that it's ever been at. The average marital age in the United States now is 29. And a lot of people have concerns about that, some for legitimate reasons, some for nefarious reasons, but there's a lot of concern about people are waiting until they get older to get married. What's that going to mean for the population? Uh, what's that going to mean as our population ages, as uh, boomers enter retirement age? And scarily enough, as my generation, Gen X, comes up on their retirement, will there be enough people to care for the elderly people? So there are all sorts of questions around that. When I was 17, I was a senior in high school. I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, which is a story for another day. But that was uh, the year I graduated, which was 1988. My graduation was in June. My father, who had esophagus cancer, went into the hospital in December and never left. He died uh, February 16th, 1988. And so that really did devastate uh, my young life. And all the things I thought were important, the prom and graduation and packing up to move to go to school, all those sorts of things suddenly didn't feel as relevant or as important. And even now, talking to you as a 53-year-old woman, I honestly cannot tell you what went on between my father's death and my high school graduation in terms of really specific events. It was a fog. It was a cloud. Uh, yeah, it, it was just a devastating time in my life. But I knew that his death could not be... I couldn't curl up into a ball and and just fade away as much as i wanted to do that some part of me wanted to do that i knew i could not do that because that was not realistic uh not fair to my mother who had worked so hard and ultimately not fair to my father even though he was no longer here i knew that wasn't fair to him either and ultimately it wasn't fair to me to myself so i had to pull myself back together to go to college in September, and that took a whole lot, but I did do that. And in my family, 
my parents, my mother and father, are first-generation college graduates. Both of them went to college. Both of them earned their degrees. So as far as they were concerned, there was never any question that I was going to go to college. The discussion never was, do you want to go to college? The discussion was always, where are you going to go? How are we all gonna, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to work it out? But where are you going to go? Uh, there was a time when I was 14 or 15, sometimes my father, <coughs> excuse me, would just say these really hilarious things that he meant, but that I knew were ridiculous. And so when I was about 15, he sat me down and said, listen, your mother and I are working hard and saving money for you, for your life. And just understand that we will have the money to either pay for your college education or pay for your wedding. And I just thought that was one of the funniest things I ever heard because first of all, I went to an all girl school. So I really didn't know where I was supposed to meet this guy that I was supposed to marry. <laughs> Second of all, I had no interest in getting married at that particular age. And third of all, my mother would have had a nervous breakdown. There is absolutely no way she would have gone along with that. And so I said, Dad, don't worry about it. We're we're going to college. That that's where we're going. So my four years of college were stressful. I, I guess that's a good word. And I think all people feel like that about college. Um, but I especially felt like that. I went to a college kind of in the middle of nowhere, well, really in the middle of nowhere, and there were not a lot of Black people there, to be perfectly honest about it. And so there was always a weird vibe, and I never felt like I quite fit in because a lot of the things people I went to college were into, I was not into. So there was all that in addition to focusing on my studies and making sure I got good grades so I could get the heck out, all those sorts of things. But college really was a time in my life that I was able to mature. I was able to come into my own about a lot of things that had happened to me, up to and including my father's death. There was a, there were a lot of things that I needed to learn and to grow from. And so those four years gave me the opportunity to do that. Now, my parents had saved quite a bit for me to go to college, but when my father died, all of that fell onto my mother's shoulders. And God bless her, she worked three jobs sometimes. Uh, she would uh, participate in a teaching children to read program before work. Then she would go and teach all day. And then she would do an after school program. So my mother really did give me everything she had to ensure I could go to college without having to worry about working during the school year. That was important to her. And also without having to worry about coming out of school with debt. 
So I was extremely blessed in that way. And I know today that is nearly impossible for parents because of the cost of college. So I understand for younger women that college is a much more daunting undertaking, not just because of the education aspect, not just because of the social aspect, but also because of the finances and the money. But what I would encourage is that all young women take the time both at the end of high school, so like your last six or seven months of high school, and that first couple years after high school to really figure out what you want and who you want to be. That is that is extremely important in your youth, but will also be extremely important to you as you get older. Because I went to college, because I spent those four years getting in tune with who I was and what I wanted, by the time I graduated college, I was very clear on what I did want, what I didn't want, what I was willing to tolerate, what I was not willing to tolerate. And that is vital to helping you become an independent adult. And what I really want to say to young women is even if marriage and children, if those are your ultimate dreams, there's nothing wrong with that. But understand that in order for you to be fulfilled in that marriage and as that mother, you have to first really know and understand who you are and what you bring to the table. When I hear and various uh, podcasts and talk shows, when I hear young women, women in their 20s lament about being single and being alone and how hard that is, or how they just got out of a eight, 10 year relationship, their boyfriend from high school, and they feel, you know, sad, alone, and abandoned. I feel really uh, disturbed by that because time by yourself and with yourself is valuable to help you understand who you want to be, how you want to be seen, and to gain the armor that you're going to need, especially if you're a woman of color to go out into the world and fight for yourself and fight for what you want and make no mistake as a woman of any color the world is a fight uh every day you have to be able to get up put on that armor and go out and be your own advocate and I say that to women all the time. You are your best advocate. You are the person who knows yourself best and knows what you want to be. 
and if you want to be a, a submissive wife that's what you want that's your choice go for it but understand the consequences and if you want to be an independent not submissive wife for lack of a better word go for that too but also understand that there will be consequences so when i got out of college and, and started my first job when i was 22 23 something like that the workforce for me was a rude awakening and i've heard that said a lot by um gen z folks people who are just getting into the workforce either just getting out of college or went from high school directly to work i've heard a lot of them talk about how hard work is and how their parents didn't prepare them for how hard the world is and what i say to that is you know cut your parents some slack because they are having to prepare you for a world they never had to prepare for the world your parents came out into no longer exists there was no such thing as cell phones there was no such thing as the internet there wasn't even any such thing as cable or 24-hour television none of that existed when your parents came out into the world so cut your parents a little slack on not preparing you for the world because it's as new as it is to you this world that you are coming out into is just as new to them something else i tell young women is uh, surround yourself with women who have done the hard work who have come before you and made their stands made their sacrifices learned who they were either through hard work and experience or through life lessons through doing things the hard way and it's super important to surround yourself with those women and learn their stories learn what they had to go through to become the woman you now know there's a old joke about kids have no idea who their parents are because they don't know who their parents were and what that means is your parents lived an entire life before you were here before you were born before they were your parents and it's important especially as women that we get to know our mothers and our grandmothers and their stories before we were around because that gives us insight into the women they became into how they became our mothers i know my mother's story from a time when she was a very young child my mother is the oldest of 10 children which i cannot even begin to process <laughs> as a woman who has no children cannot begin to process raising 10 children but my mother is the oldest and so there were a lot of expectations 
of her. She was going to help with the younger children. She was going to do hair. She was going to help them take baths. All these things, because my grandparents were sort of flying off in other directions, they had to make sure they were working and kept a roof over their head and all those things. So the expectations for my mother started when she was two years old, when her first sibling was born. And that continued for the next 16 years until she turned 18, went to college and was like, yeah, I got to get out of this because... I love my siblings, but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life here in the South, in the Jim Crow South specifically, taking care of them and, and then having this repeat through my life. She made that choice not to go in that direction. And to her credit and to the fact that she was way ahead of her time, my grandmother, who had six daughters, there were six of them, made sure that her daughters especially understood the importance of going to college, finding out who they were, and figuring out their lives before they decided to hook up with a man and spend the rest of their life with them. One of my grandmother's favorite sayings to her daughters was, listen, I don't care what kind of degree you get. You can go get a degree in basket weaving. I don't care. But just make sure you go to college, you focus, you get that degree, and you always have your own money. That was uh, key for my grandmother. She always had her own money with my grandfather. And she thought that was very important for her daughters. And that was a lesson that was very strongly passed on to me. And what I always say is, it's important to have your own money, not just for your independence, but also for your future and for the just in case. There's the in case your husband leaves you. That's always the obvious one. But there's also the in case your husband suddenly dies, which is what my mother was faced with. And I always think of the just in case, you know, anything can happen anytime, anywhere. Uh, we have had a lot of, um, we'll call as the new internet phrases, unaliving incidents in the United States in the last few years. And you have no idea when your spouse walks out that door in the morning to go to work, if they're coming home. And even if they're not unalived by a crazy person, what if they walk out in the street and are hit by a bus? You're still a widow. It's still going to be you. And in some cases, it will be you and your children. So it is vital that as a woman, you always have your own money. And that has nothing to do with love or trust or anything like that. That's just practical. And at the end of the day, I come from a family of extremely practical women. And knowing and understanding how they got to be those women has been a huge benefit for me. Understanding how my mother grew up, how she was raised what lessons she learned and what lessons she took out into the world with her 
have been extremely important. And also knowing that about my grandmother from my grandmother's perspective. My grandmother died when I was 12 years old. Uh, she was in her late 60s. And my grandmother had a lot of health problems and a lot of health challenges, a lot related to the fact that she had 10 children. For example, because she had so many children, uh, a lot of the calcium was stripped from her bones. So by the time I was born, my grandmother was already in a wheelchair. But she was the type of person who never let that stop her. And a prime example I always remember from being a young child is my grandfather died when I was six. So she was on her own for about six years in her wheelchair, living in her own house and taking care of herself. And we would go down to see her in the summertime and ask her if there was anything she, we could do for her. And she would always say, actually, there is. Can you go out into that field in the front of my house? and pick my vegetables and you would just see rows and rows of you know greens and tomatoes and string beans and all those sorts of things and your first question was always how in the world did this woman in a wheelchair plant this did she have somebody do it for her like that's the only logical thing you can come up with what actually happened was my grandmother would uh, save seeds from the previous harvest. She'd keep them all in a seed bag that she kept on the arm of her wheelchair. And she had what I can only describe as a poking stick. And she would wheel herself out into those fields when they were good and dry so her wheelchair wouldn't get stuck. And she'd take that poking stick and she'd poke a hole in the ground and she'd drop some seeds in, and then she'd slide the poking stick over some dirt and cover it up, and she'd go row by row by row and plant her vegetables so that when we came down, we would pick them for her, and she would can them, and she would have vegetables all winter. That's who my grandmother was. She was a tough lady who went through a lot in her life, but really showed her daughters and her granddaughters how important knowing who you are and your independence is. So when I, after I worked through my first job, my second job, my third job, I was, as a woman in my mid-20s, pretty clear about the fact that marriage was not a priority for me. And I understand for a lot of young women, it is a priority and there's nothing wrong with that. But my feeling really wasn't, if I don't get married, my life doesn't mean anything or I'm not as valuable. And what I want young women to understand is you are valuable. You, just you, you yourself, like me, myself, and I, you are valuable as you are. You don't need to be tied to a man to be a valuable person. And the person it's most important to understand that fact is you. Because you will make the choices for your life. 
Now, of course, the obvious question is, if marriage was not a priority for me, if I was not in the, I guess we're calling it pick me mindset, then how did I get married anyway? How did that happen? My husband and I met, uh, I was 26, he was 23. So technically I'm a cougar, but that's how old we were when we met. And we met on a blind date, which is just one of those super amazing things. Um, back in the times when we met, there was no such thing as the internet, uh, or the internet was just beginning, I guess. So people used to still read newspapers and people put ads in the paper. And I had spent a couple of years dating off and on, um, putting out my own ads about what I was looking for and that hadn't gone real well. So what I decided to do instead was I was like, okay, we're going to switch this up. I'm going to answer a man's ad and see where that goes. And I cannot tell you in detail what my husband's ad said. I really can't because I don't remember. <laughs> and people are like, how can you not remember that? It's a long time ago. I don't remember. But I do know there was a piece in about how he was a serious person. He was looking for a relationship with one person. He didn't want to date around. And he wanted, he, he didn't just want to date. He wanted to be in a relationship with someone. And that was different because most of the ads by men were like, they were looking for somebody to hook up with, or they were looking for somebody to hang out with or whatever. And he was very clear that this is what he wanted. So we went on a date. We liked each other. We went on another date and another date and another date. And that's how that came to be. We dated for almost three years before we got engaged, but neither of us were in the mindset of, Oh, we have to do this right now. Oh, we have to get this done. Oh, we have to commit to this. Now, part of that was neither of us wanted children. So there was not that biological clock ticking like, oh my God, if we don't get this done at a certain point, it's going to be harder and it's going to be more complicated for us to have children. But that was, that was a page we were always both on. And that's something else I would say to young women is, Make sure that the person you're in a relationship with, when you get to that point and you find out who they are, that who they are meshes with who you are. I grew up Catholic and though I have a lot of issues with the Catholic church, one of the things I always thought the Catholic church got right is something called pre-Canaan classes. And essentially you have to go to premarital counseling for one year. Uh, if you have a, a Catholic wedding, if you're both Catholic and you have a Catholic ceremony, you have to go to that, those classes for a year before a priest or a church will marry you. And during that year, they really do ask you tough questions. Things that I think if everybody had to do before they got married, there would probably a lot be a lot less divorces. They ask you questions like, do you want to have children? If you have children, will you, you know, vow and promise to raise them Catholic? 
But also, if you want to have children, do you want children immediately? Or do you want to wait three years, five years? And it is always amazing to me when I hear stories of how people broke up or why they broke up, that they didn't have those answers when they married someone. You'll find an older woman in her like mid to late 30s who wants to have children right away because she knows it's danger. It will be more dangerous as she gets older. And her husband is like, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't want to have kids for another five years because I want to wait till my career is at a certain level. So I think really understanding who you're with is super important. Um, so what I'd say first is know who you are and then know who your partner is, man, woman, whatever that is, and understand if you have the same goals, if you want to work toward the same dreams and aspirations. And I don't think that's something you can successfully do unless you understand who you are first. And so what I know now as a woman in my 50s that I did not know as a woman in my early 20s was how valuable the lessons I learned from my mother's life, from my grandmother's life, from my aunt's lives would be to me as I matured and as I looked toward linking my life with a partner. And so that is my message to all of my sisters is learn who you are and what you want. And knowing that will make your choices in life easier because you will know what your boundaries are. And boundaries are incredibly important. So I want to thank everybody for joining me today on this episode four. Please look for episode five, which will be out next Thursday. And I will see you then. Thank you so much.